0: Welcome back to another episode of First in Orange, your Denver Broncos podcast, hosted by the Denver Post. I'm Nick Cosmider, alongside someone who I think can only be described as the Chloe Kim of NFL <laughs> beat writers, Nikki Javala. How's it going? There's no
1: introduction that will top that. Like, none, ever. <laughs> um, hello.
0: What, what have you thought of, I mean, gosh, the Olympics, it's good that um, it comes in a dead time, so... Mm-hmm even as busy as you are. I know you've gotten to, to glance here and there at the Olympics and obviously the snowboarding is the coolest thing.
1: It's been amazing. Like, in, Admittedly, I know very little about snowboarding. <laughs> I'm just in awe no. of like, ooh, look how high they got. Look <laughs> at those flips. Look at those twists. Um, but it's still amazing to see. It's hard not to appreciate what they're doing um, just in terms of the, the physical aspect. It's it's incredible, really.
0: When I was 17, I, I wasn't... Um, I don't think I was... Uh-huh. Ready to do anything with yeah. my life quite like that. As,
1: as I told you, I thought it <laughs> yeah. was a win when I showed up to my bio class on time. Let alone win gold medals in Korea, but so hey, let's, <laughs> what can you do?
0: Let's play a game. If if there's one, um, okay. So let's look at some of the players on the Broncos roster. Which one, if we if we had to put them into a couple Olympic events, who would be? <laughs>
1: who, oh, this is going Who would be us.
0: the snow? Okay, so let's start with that. The half pipe, the sort of flashy. Athletic, kind of just loves the spot. Mm. Who who would be the snowboarder in the half pipe for the Broncos?
1: Well, have they not traded Tyson Brylow? He would have been the guy. He used to ski.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and he could okay. do flips
1: and all that wow. fun stuff. But oh gosh, I don't know.
0: I'll tell you mine first. I think it would be Jordan Taylor. Oh, um, and I think the reason is because he's got he's got like snowboarders like. You know, kind of that snowboarder vibe, right? Like, kind of, even though he's minus from, the whole Texas part, yes. Rising right, I mean <laughs> to say, even though he's from Texas, he still has that sort of like laid back mm-hmm. guy who you could see, you know, doing the whole snowboarding thing. And plus, he's got the hair, he's got like it yeah. would, would kind of flow out of the bottom, right? What about him? And, and you think that's a fair,
1: I think that's fair. Um, and he's he's just super athletic, so I right. could see that. Um, I would even consider Jeff Hiraman, okay. Um, no particular reason,
0: um, <laughs> <He's strong. laughs>
1: aside from being athletic, yeah. um, yeah, I'm not really the greatest judge of, you know, winter Olympic, uh, talent.
0: Okay, well, that's, that's okay, but. I'm still gonna put you on the spot anyway. Okay. What about, like, um, what about speed skater? Like, who would look... Speed
1: lo- skater? Who would lo- Vaughn, because... His thighs are oh, freaking enormous. True. Have yep. you seen those speed skaters? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You
0: Look at them, and they're, yeah, that's true. Remember we, all talked about, <laughs> we felt weird last training <laughs> camp because he, like, he gets screen. back and we're just like, "Look, I know this is weird, but the man's thighs are just like
1: they're watermelons. They're, yeah. they're freaking ridiculous. Yeah, they're was, speed skater
0: thighs. They're speed. <laughs> that's what we did. <laughs> we didn't know it at the time, but that's how we should have been. Describing it all makes them sense <laughs> All along. Okay, and then last one. What about um, who would be the best curler on on the team? Ooh. Ooh. see, I would say my my first Uh thing, my my first thought while you while you kind of ponder it Mm -hmm. would be that that would be like a quarterback because you have really you have to have soft touch. Right. And you have to Mm -hmm. have good aim and soft touch. But I don't know if there's a Broncos quarterback, you know, just given that. Wow. You went there. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, I don't. I don't. Um, I I think Trevor Simeon would be a good would be a good. You know
1: what? I'm going against a green. I'm taking the kicker. I think Brandon McManus. Okay. that's fair. You know, it's more of kicking is more technical. You know,
0: I yeah.
1: again, no real that's, reason. That's fair. but What about Brandon what about
0: CJ Anderson? Because is bowling? Do you think bowling and curling are in in any way kind of like similar skill sets, like the aim part of it, or not really?
1: No. <laughs> okay, just no. No, no insight. No. <laughs> just, just no. Just no. Okay, well.
0: Now I guess that we've gotten the important stuff out of the way. We better get on to Broncos topics considering that, um, you know, it's like nine months from September and um, so we're, we're right in the thick of it. Uh, the big news since the last time we talked around the NFL – um, and, it, and it relates to any team looking for a quarterback, is the contract signed by Jimmy Garoppolo with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, five years, $137 million, comes with a giant first-year salary, mm-hmm. I think with all kinds of factors that can get him up to like $40 million. Mm-hmm. Um, what was – and you obviously you, you wrote right away about how – and you even said this last week. Every time a new quarterback signs, mm-hmm. it's going to reset. It's going to reset the market. And I think it was mm-hmm. like the next day after we talked. That's what happened. Just give me your mm-hmm. kind of rundown on on sort of the immediate impacts um, that that had, and and how it could affect the rest of this offseason.
1: Right. So I mean, first off, I, I think Kirk Cousins was probably watching that from afar and applauding loudly. <laughs> um, so Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I'm thinking about a guy who broke the story, Mike Garoppolo, <laughs> which I'm like, oh wait, okay. That's too confusing. Yes. yeah. Um, so Jimmy Garoppolo signed five years, 137.5 million in total value. So that's an average of 27.5 million a year. That sets a new floor for the next elite quarterback coming up on the free agent market, which presumably is Kirk Cousins. So he's gonna get at least that. I mean, and you consider he's been making well over 30 million a year with those franchise right. tags. So it's, you know, it's understood at this point that he's going to make, you know, over $30 million a year, likely, around that area. Um, Which is just more the Broncos are going to have to shell out if they want to target him. Um, So it it creates a new floor for the next guys coming up, probably Drew Brees too. Um, But it also, again, shows you the price of a true franchise quarterback. They cost a lot. Um, and, and for the Broncos to go after one, it's going to cost them quite a bit.
0: Yeah, and, and and I think that we all we all knew that that was sort of going to be the, the range that we're that we're talking about. But what, it, like you said, what it does do is it sets a kind of guaranteed amount. You you know that if you're going to get into the sweepstakes, you better bring mm-hmm. you know this big a briefcase of cash in order to be able to to play this game. Um, do you think with um, do you think it changes anything for the Broncos? Like that mm-hmm. number. Um, or is it is it just going to be like if you're going to pursue him, you're going to pursue him? Mm-hmm. The money's going to be the money. How do you how do you view that?
1: I, I think it brings it. I think it offers some clarity more about the numbers. Um, I think everybody knew going into this that um, Kirk Cousins was going to get paid a boatload of money, and it was going to be in the thirty million dollar a year yeah. range. Um, I think with this, it, it kind of brings clarity as to what those numbers will, will look like because it's not going to be below twenty seven five a year. Um, so it really is going to be in that ballpark of thirty. Um, so it, the Broncos have a lot of tough decisions to make uh, on their roster. They have, you know, if the cap is what what is it one hundred seventy eight was
0: was sort of the projection, right?
1: Yeah. So if that's if that's really what it is, and we'll learn next month, um, then the Broncos right now have about twenty six million in cap space. That could change depending on who they keep, who they cut, you know, what deals they try to restructure. Um, but you know, just getting Kirk Cousins here will require a significant sales pitch. You know, These aren't the Broncos of 2016 fresh off a Super Bowl 50 run. Um, right. They have a lot of good pieces, um, but I can't imagine Kirk Cousins will want to come here unless he's been told up front which pieces are staying, who will be working with them, how will they um, improve the roster going forward to, you know, protect them up front, give them weapons on the edge, and you know, ensure that defense stays intact. So right. those will be, the ripple effect will be as interesting as the you know actual pursuit of an elite quarterback, be it Kirk Cousins or anybody else.
0: Right, and and that's the that's the interesting balance that comes with pursuing uh, such a high pr- um a high price player is that you have to balance the the moves and hard decisions you have to make simply to order or simply to free up the money necessary to sign him with preserving a roster that that person would actually want to play with and it's a little bit more challenging for the broncos perhaps and some other teams because of their financial commitment to a non-quarterback in in von miller um so i mean we 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 don't we've talked a lot about the quarterback in these podcasts so i want to get uh, let's talk about how how it affects other positions. And you know, uh, one of those things that a quarterback has to know about is, is his wide receivers. And the Broncos have um, two high-priced wide receivers, mm-hmm. and Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, just give everybody an idea, Nikki, if you could, about like the the financials that they have coming next year and how they play into that salary cap picture.
1: Right. So two of the biggest names that have been in discussion um, are their top receivers, 2,000-yard receivers, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. These are key pieces of their offense, and you got to remember these guys have played with three different quarterbacks um, over the last few years, and that's important because you have to put their numbers into context. Um, Demarius Thomas takes a lot of heat for drops and, and whatnot. Um, he has played every single game since 2012, um, and he's still a mismatch nightmare given his size. Um, Emmanuel Sanders uh, was injured for much of last season but is still a highly productive receiver um, the numbers attached to him right now could change um, first thing with Demarius, he has a $4 million option bonus that the Broncos have to exercise by March 14th that's the end of the 2017 league year Right. Um, they have to exercise that option to trigger his final two years which as it stands now, he will have Cap charges of about 12 million and 17 million for those next two seasons. Now, once they trigger that option, they could always restructure that to lower their cap hits. Um, But they would have to
0: trigger the option first. They have to
1: trigger the option to um, to kind of keep them in the fold and and look at revising the final two years. Emmanuel, remember he signed his um, he signed an extension in 2016. He's got um, two years left with cap charges of about 10.9 and $12.9 million. Now, it's, it's believed they, they will keep both, uh, especially if they pursue a high-priced veteran quarterback because what are you selling to this quarterback? I mean, you're taking away his weapons, basically. So who's he going to throw to? Why would he want to come to that offense if the line is kind of bulky? He has no real receivers. His running backs, there's some uncertainty there. Um, his tight end is relative is unproven in Jake Butt, so what is he walking into to me I think you have to keep those two receivers and not only give them somebody reliable to throw to but also sell them on on Denver um, so I would imagine those two would stick around I mean anything can change between now and March 14th um, but I would imagine those do stick around I think you know the, the one the one who's most likely, um, to be done with Denver is probably cornerback Aqib mm-hmm. Um So I know he's he's a backbone of that defense. He's everybody loves him in that locker room. I mean, he's still he, he's defying his age with the way he's playing but he is going to be what, 32? Right. Um, and if the Broncos were to release him they'd save about $11 million right. in, in cap space. And so you here. go all, all of
0: a sudden you go from you know, having 26 and maybe being 26 million in free cap space right. and being a little bit below the necessary funds to to get Kirk Cousins and then with one move be able to be in position um, to make that happen. And, and that's, yeah, we, we've talked about that as well, that that's that's sort of the, the easiest thing you can look at, even though I've kind of made the point that, you know, you're, you obviously are going to be uh, making a risk there because behind Chris Harris and Bradley Roby, who are two certainly capable—I mean, Chris Harris more mm-hmm. than capable—and and then Bradley Roby, I think, has proven himself that as well. And then, then it just becomes a mystery right. after that. But that's what the offseason is for. That's what the draft is for. That's what potentially free agency to get another guy in there is for. Um, you know, and, and just one thing on the receivers in my mind is that you know sometimes you have the ability to deal a you know a wide receiver or or to you know, to make a cut or to restructure when you have some guys coming up in, in the fold, and that's another thing. That's another point of it is like, okay, you, if you get rid of these receivers, who, who the heck are they you going to use? You don't have
1: anybody coming up. In fact, they have more uncertainty behind those two starters. With Benny Fowler is a restricted free agent, might not tender him. Yeah. Um, uh, Cody Latimer, unrestricted free agent. I could see him coming back because of his improvement on special teams, um, most notably. And
0: he and he, um, he did get a little bit better as right. a receiver this year as right. well, yeah.
1: Um, Jordan Taylor is extremely versatile. He's an exclusive rights free agent, I believe, and yeah. I would expect him to be back. But he's not like he's not your go-to guy. Right. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, do we really need to go there? Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's I mean, Carlos those Henderson two.
0: was a rookie who they drafted in the yeah. third round. Didn't play it down last year so so who knows. Um, yeah you've been
1: struggling to find a number three for yeah, the longest time. So if you get rid of one and two, what are you left with?
0: Right, right. So. And that's and that's not to say that the Broncos, I mean obviously we know you've written it ten picks uh, right, as it stands now, right? Uh-huh. Ten picks in the in the draft. So it's it's not as if they're not going to be seeking to to improve that position mm-hmm. and to find some real talent, whether it's with, with free agency coming up in March or really try to maybe use one of their hired type picks on a wide receiver to add some explosiveness to an offense Mm -hmm. that Bill Musgrave is going to take over. But the problem Mm -hmm. is that all of that comes without any kind of guarantee. And when you're trying to pitch a guy like Kirk Cousins to say, all right, this is what we have. This is what we can give you. We're, you know, we're evolving. You know, we, our quarterback situation was our missing piece. Well, if you're moving these guys to get me, then now you have other missing pieces.
1: And and I think you have to do something, multiple things probably, to improve that line. Um, They don't have a real right tackle. Honestly, I mean, Menelik Watson was injured um, last year. Wasn't
0: playing real well before he got hurt. Right.
1: Donald Stevenson, his his salary for 2018 was voided because of the restructuring he did last year. So he's going to be a free agent. Um, let's see, Menelik Watson, he's due $5.5 million in base salary um, for this coming season. But if they were to release him, it's a $2.7 million dead money hit. So. Yeah. Um, they got some questions there. They need help on the right side, no doubt. They could use help at guard, no doubt. They're gonna have to figure out, you know, what they do with Max Garcia's spot because they have Ron in on mm-hmm. the other side, Matt Paradis, two anchors. Um, you know, they they got some good contribution out of Garrett Bowles on the left side, but there are two holes that they kind of gotta fill. Right. Um, and Max is gonna be an unrestricted free agent after this coming season. So. Right. Yeah,
0: and 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 Garcia did play I thought a little bit better toward toward the end of the year. He mm-hmm. got a lot of praise from the coaching staff and the the groups that he made. So, I think they're they're a little bit closer in, mm-hmm. in years past just by mm-hmm. virtue of maybe some of their their own guys being mm-hmm. able to get to a level where they're their NFL experienced. Yeah yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah. I think they're in a little bit better spot. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you've been around the team a little longer to know the feeling going into an off season, But, mm-hmm. yeah, certainly they need they mm-hmm. need room. In. And and when you're talking about getting another quarterback, mm-hmm. that's another area you have to be able to pitch them on.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, not just the starting quarterback, too. That whole quarterback room is in question. Yeah. Um, you know, if they pursue a Kirk Cousins type, what do you do with the other three guys in the roster? Um, do you keep Paxton? and do you try to trade Paxton? and— um, Keep Chad Kelly. Not after that dunk right. you saw him make. Wow, <laughs> super athletic, 6'7. Um, Chad Kelly, keep him around, I would imagine, just to give him a shot. Let's he's making he's very little as a seventh rounder. Trevor Simeon, do you try to trade him? He's a viable backup somewhere. Do you try to get something in return, or do you. He's not making much either. I mean, right. he will, he'll be making 1.9 with his um, performance escalator. Um, do you keep him for another year? Or what do you do there? Do you draft another quarterback um, to to learn behind Kirk Cousins or whoever they decide to bring in? Yeah. What is your pipeline going to look like? Right. Um, this is something they thought they had in place in 2012 when they brought in Peyton Manning, but then drafted Brock Osweiler. But we know how that ended. Not. So. Um,
0: yeah. Not. Not great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we as we kind of you know, and obviously now as we sit, we're less than two weeks away from the combine. And, mm-hmm. and you, you had a great piece about just sort of the history of the combine is that a lot of times the guys that they've really spent time with and mm-hmm. talked about um, mm-hmm. at going into the combine and at it, they, they ended up adding adding to their team. So we'll get a better look uh, when, as we talk about both wide receivers and offensive linemen of mm-hmm. maybe some of those guys here in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. that would be targeting as we, as we move financially, you, you wrote, you, you lay this all out in a, in a great Sunday piece about the salary cap. But we talked about wide receiver. We, we all know what could potentially be rearranged by uh, potentially cutting a cutting and keep to leave. Um what, what are some of the other salary places where this pursuit of Kirk Cousins or just an ability to, to free up some financial mm-hmm. flexibility elsewhere, where do you look? Yeah.
1: The two biggest question marks in my mind are running back or C.J. Anderson. Um, he has no more guaranteed money left. So do you continue to pay him his salary? Remember, um, he signed a new deal when he was given a low-round tender as a restricted free agent, signed an offer sheet with Miami. Um, the Broncos ended up matching. He has no more guaranteed money left, so they could move on from him and not lose anything. In fact, they would save um, a, a good chunk of money that they could apply about four to. About $4.5 is yeah. that right? Um, but he is a veteran. He was a 1,000-yard rusher last year. He had his finest season yet, um, despite all the problems on the offensive side. Um, and, and they keep saying they, they need to be committed to the run, despite what they did last season. Right. They need to be committed to the run. Do they feel Booker's ready to carry the load? Do they want C.J. to stick around? Um, that's a big question mark, because that's a good chunk of change you're sitting on, depending on what, which way you go. The other big decision in my mind is um, the inside linebackers because Todd Davis is an unrestricted free agent, could cover at least um, $5 million or so a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. that's what Brandon Marshall is doing salary because he signed that extension. So um, are you going to be paying both that kind of money? Um, in recent history, the Broncos have been unwilling to pay that kind of money to their inside backers, but um, I know they like Todd Davis. I know they like Brandon Marshall. How do you balance those right um and especially with Corey nelson coming up he is up too. you know mm-hmm. who's who's behind those so right. they got to make some decisions there
0: yeah and it, it, that's that's an interesting one um because there uh there is a, a pretty loaded class of inside linebackers uh in this draft we mm-hmm. we know we, we talked about that a lot of them um you know had prominent roles in in the uh football playoff series and uh you know so I think that, that could be a position that they go if, if they were to maybe mm-hmm. look at first or second round, but do they really, with other needs, spend that high? Right. Um,
1: and it's also a gamble with the draft right. with every pick. I mean, some you know some of the skill positions you might be deemed a little safer just because those guys are so athletic and yeah. their athleticism alone can carry them. Um, but that defense has always been important to John Elway ever since yeah. he rebuilt it in 2014. Inside
0: linebacker, right, there's so much to yeah. learn and...
1: And those are the quarterbacks of the defense. Um, And their run defense was improved significantly with changes to the D-line and at inside backer. So um, do they want to take a step back there? I mean, L.A. has said all along that he doesn't want to take a step back on defense. He doesn't want to take away from one area that's doing well to help another area that's not doing so well. So um, it's a big decision, no doubt. Which,
0: again, makes the Tlaib thing interesting because, mm -hmm. I mean – I. Again, I it's you you completely understand both sides of it because mm-hmm. you you need the financial flexibility. He is getting a little bit older. You you want to give Roby the shot, but there's it's just hard for me to imagine that they'd be as good at corner right. if they cut him. You know, right. you, maybe you hit on on a guy like uh, Marshawn Lattimore, like the Saints did. Right, um, but a, again, that's a gamble. So yeah, I, I I definitely that makes sense on the continuity of inside linebacker with running back. Um, it, it's almost a little bit the same position as a uh, wide receiver in terms of if you're C- if you if you're a cut C.J. Anderson, um, you-, you now have on your roster uh, Devontae Booker, a guy they really like, but just still so far through two years hasn't had that breakout that, that right. really gives you supreme confidence. Right. They have D'Angelo Henderson, a rookie who showed some nice flashes last year, scored mm-hmm. a touchdown on his first touch of the final game of the season, but mm-hmm. still, I think you could safely consider um, a-, a bit of a mystery, and then we know that mm-hmm. you know Jamal Charles is going to be done, so... Again, that's like it's that question there yeah. as well.
1: But there's also a there. There's more. Um, I don't want to say a plethora of more reliable running backs in the draft, but you could find yeah a good playmaker. We, and in the then draft, that's that's the other know? comforting
0: part of that that you've yeah. seen we've seen that time and time again over the last several years exactly. is guys just go pick up a dude in the fifth exactly. round and he's exactly. You know,
1: I mean, I I still stand by my original scenario of you know try to get Case Keenum and trade up to get say Barkley Barclay if you don't believe he'll be there at number five which you know I could see Cleveland going after a quarterback then going after Barkley yeah. their number four pick so right. that's one scenario and that would be that would make for a really interesting offense in my mind yeah. um, but you know at this point there's so many moving parts and there's still so much uncertainty um, it's just kind of hard to know um, where they're targeting but you know just seeing how John Elway has operated in the past I would imagine he's pretty ready to um, go after a, a veteran quarterback. I mean, the draft hasn't really panned out for him at that spot, and he's flat out said they have to get better at that position. Yeah, so.
0: and I and I think part of it. I was thinking about this the other day too. Is you know when we had that season-ending press conference and he spoke and, and, and Joe Ellis uh, spoke, you know they they talked about it was a little bit of a different tone in terms of saying. Um, we can't just assume like Super Bowl, like that mm-hmm. you know, Joel talked mm-hmm. about how the, the trophies in the locker room maybe there's this sense of like entitlement. So I get mm-hmm. that perhaps they're they're gonna get back to a mode of trying to say, Hey, we, we have to build a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think that's only true to a degree. Right. Because this is the Denver Broncos right. and, and the fan base doesn't really tolerate right. some sort of extended lull. And that, to me, continues to just point toward a veteran quarterback.
1: Pat Bowen never used the word rebuild. I mean, that is known throughout the building. He never used the word rebuild. Um, The key with him was to always, you know, keep that foundation there and to, you know, develop um, and and bring in that talent so you're never starting from scratch. Um, You're going to have to always retool. Every team faces that, but... You're never completely tearing down and starting over, and, and I, from what John Elway has said publicly, um, he seems to be of the same mind. Where, you know, he he's built a good defense. He doesn't want that to go to waste. He wants it to continue to be good. And um, you know, Aqib Talib is still a, a great cornerback. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Um, but he's not going to be Keep Talib, as we've known in the last two seasons forever. Um, he is 32. Yeah. Um, you know, which is not old i hope it's not old because i'm older um, <laughs> I know, gosh. but there is a limited window with that so right. you have to keep developing and bringing in new talent there um but at the same time you don't want to take a step back on that side so I, I think he wants to keep his defense attack but you know bring in some real talent on the offensive side to yeah. kind of use it the best he can i mean von miller even said and this is von miller who's super positive all the time yes You know, he said he felt like this was a wasted season. And for him personally, maybe it was because he was playing lights out for Mm -hmm. much of the season. Most people don't look at it because they
0: They see just ten sacks and it's not as eye-popping of a number.
1: There's much more to the game, to that position, than sacks. You look at what he did against a run and you think about how many times he was chipped and doubled. I mean, it was significant. Um, so for him, that was kind of a lost season. And how many lost seasons can they afford on their franchise player or anybody else on that defense? Right. This is a team still built to win. Now it may not be next year, but the year after, I could, if they play their cards right, I could see them getting back for sure.
0: You you mentioned, and, and we could probably get into this a little bit deeper the next time. But you mentioned all the the chips and double teams that uh, Vaughn faced. I think one of the one of the the more and more I look back at the season, one of the glaring um, absences from the team was a really consistent secondary pass rusher. Right. Um, obviously, we know that Shane Ray was hurt, never got back to his full self. Um, Shaq Barrett took some strides, um, but then had some periods in which mm-hmm. he he wasn't quite there. And then on the as much as the defensive line improved, particularly against the run. There wasn't an end that, uh, you know, and Shelby Harris had some, again, some nice moments and some nice games. But mm-hmm. just nobody I felt like this year that constantly worried, mm-hmm. worried teams like when DeMarcus Ware was here. And, right. and even when Shane Ray was right. healthy and playing. How, how how big of a thing do you think that is this year in terms of finding another guy that can help Vaughn out by really getting after the passer?
1: It could be. I know John Elway loves his pass rushers. Um the thing you got to remember though is They're expensive. Shaq Barrett. <laughs> they are explicit. Shaq Barrett is restricted. I could see them putting that $2.9 million um, second round tender on him. Um, typically, LA has kind of waited to the last minute to sign these guys to extensions. Mm-hmm. Um, but he could change course with Shaq. Um, I mean, this is a guy that was undrafted out of CSU and kind of shelved on the practice squad but really blossomed into a really key piece of that defense especially as you see when Shane Ray is injured right he stepped in and was honestly better than Shane Ray since Shane was dealing with weight issues and he just wasn't fully himself I guess the question is how how confident do you feel about Shane Ray and with Shane he's got another contract thing to keep in mind where they got a exercise his fifth year option mm-hmm. if they want. He's a first round pick, so this is something first round picks get. Um, do they want to get him on a on a fifth year? It'll it'll be a it'll cost them quite a bit, mm-hmm. but it keeps him in the fold before he hits the open market. Um, so yeah, I, I could see them maybe targeting another in the draft. I, I think they also had higher hopes for what Demarcus Walker yeah. would have been able to do. Um, he was shifted to the line when they're or he was he came in as. Alignment, they shifted him to Edrusha, but he just didn't quite put it all together in year one. So, you know, yeah. if they feel confident in him, you know, that may dissuade them from right.
0: Yeah, the second-round pick out of Florida State. And I, and I yeah. thought, you know, they put him back on at, at the end toward the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And, and against Kansas City, he had a couple moments where he was like, okay, that's that's some of what they mm-hmm. saw in him. Um, but it's, it's just another, and this is a story for another day, but, you know, a, a deal with that um, – you know, twenty seventeen draft right. class, where you're just like, you have a whole year now of still not knowing. Outside of Garrett Bowles, who I think
1: mm-hmm.
0: we know is going to be at least a solid, mm-hmm. um, you know, level NFL player. That there's just so much mystery for yeah. the for it's the rest of those guys. Pretty
1: underwhelming class, I think. The one with the highest ceiling at this point, we say this without ever seeing him play right. at the pro level, except for a couple light practices, is Jake Butt, mm. their they're tight end, who right. we had high hopes for. So, um, yeah, he's. He's one to watch, but they have questions across the board, you know, from their current rosters or their younger guys or potential targets. I mean, and this is one year where pretty much anything is on the table for the team.
0: Well, we'll have plenty to talk about in the next week. Uh, If you like our podcast, uh, go ahead and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. You can get it downloaded uh, directly to your phone each time it pops up every week. Um, We'll be back next week to to talk some further off-season issues and and preview the Combine as as next week will be uh, just a week away from from heading to to Indianapolis where we get another cold weather destination. Yes.
1: (laughs) Love those.
0: So Nikki and I have to go figure out who else uh, would be in the Winter Olympics um, for the Broncos, and then uh, we'll uh, We'll get
1: back to you. We'll
0: get back to you. We'll
1: submit it to the USOC, and then we'll
0: get back to you. All right. (laughs) right. Thanks, guys, for joining us. We'll uh, talk to you next time.